The scripture reading today is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37, the story of the Good Samaritan. Hear these words of scripture. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side as well. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus said, go and do likewise. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Lisa. So today we conclude our annual stewardship campaign. But first, let us pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and joyful to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So stewardship is a time in the church year when we talk about money. And it's not money for money's sake. It is money so that we can do ministry. It's money so that we can live into our mission. It's money, we talk about money, because God cares how we live out each and every part of our life, including money. And so today we bring, we have the opportunity to bring our pledge cards forward to be prayed over because our pledges directly relate to the ministry that we are able to do here at BUMC. We know that some of you might not have your pledge card, and that's fine. We will continue to accept them, but today is a time where we pause and we pray over them. This year, our stewardship series is titled Grace in Action. Grace is the undeserved, loving action of God that is in our lives. It's God's presence in our lives that is creating and healing and forgiving 
and reconciling and transforming our hearts and our communities and all of creation. And as followers of Jesus, we receive this grace. And we're called then not to keep it to ourselves, but to share it with others, to live out God's extravagant grace, extravagant love in action. And that's what it means to be the church, to be a place where we are working together to be God's grace in action in the world. But grace is not an easy concept for us to understand, primarily because it's undeserved. We don't have to do anything to earn it. The only action that we take with grace is reaching out to receive it. And that just doesn't compute in our culture now. You have to earn things. Things aren't just given freely to you. You have to work for it, except for God's grace. And because our default is that we have to earn everything that we get, we assume that grace is conditional, that there are certain requirements that have to be met before the grace will go into effect. The conditions have to be right. You have to be living a certain way. You have to be saved. You have to not have sinned for a certain amount of time. But that's not how God's grace works. God's grace is unconditional. No conditions. Therefore, we never know. Because God's grace is unconditional, we never know where God's grace is going to appear. I began my college career at the University of Cincinnati, and I was an undecided major. I had felt a call into ministry at that point a few different times, but I was certain that God had it wrong. I had it in my mind that you needed to be a certain kind of someone in order to be a pastor, and I was definitely not that certain kind of someone. So I was an undecided major and I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. And one of the class requirements for those of us who are undecided was a class, something called finding your strengths, something like that. Basically, we took some strengths and, and personality assessments and the teacher would help us to think through our career choice and what we wanted to major in. The goal was at the end of this class, we would choose a major. And I remember that we took an assessment as part of our homework. And then the professor handed us in class the results the next day because the internet wasn't so fancy and so we couldn't just get the results immediately. We had to be handed like a piece of paper. Do you remember those days? Yes, okay. I remember her handing me the results. Professor handed them to me. And as I looked at them, this lump formed in my chest. And the students around me were all chattering, exclaiming about the results, like, ooh, all excited and everything. And I just sat there, silent. And once everyone calmed down, the professor started talking again. And she started asking questions to different people. And she said, Heidi, have you ever thought about being a pastor? And I honestly don't remember what I said. <laughs> it was something like, uh, yeah. <laughs> there I was, 
I was sitting in this secular college, five hours away from home, because apparently I thought that God's spirit couldn't travel down 71, and God's grace appeared there. I was there. I was at the University of Cincinnati because I was running away from my call, and obviously God was not going to meet me at that place. And then yet, in Bronstein Hall, because I still remember, if I went there, I could go to the hall in that location. In Bronstein's Hall, God's grace appeared in my professor, who had no idea what she was actually saying to me at that point. We never know where God's grace is going to appear. But we really like to try and predict it. We like to try and dictate where God's grace can appear. And we see that in the scripture that Lisa read for us today, this story of the Good Samaritan. But the story, it really begins in the chapter before, in Luke chapter 9, when Jesus and his disciples were passing through Samaria. And in verse 52, it says, and he sent messengers on ahead who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there, they didn't welcome him because he was heading to Jerusalem. That was a huge insult in the ancient world, to not welcome someone into your home when they asked to be welcomed, when they were asking for help. And Jesus' disciples, they were furious when this happened. And so they asked Jesus, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven and destroy them? But Jesus turned and he rebuked his disciples. And so then his disciples went to another village to ask for a welcome. And so then after this story, that's when we see just a few verses later in today's scripture, Jesus choosing a Samaritan as the example of God's law. Jesus is teaching them how to love their neighbors, yes. And Jesus is teaching them that, that God can work through anyone. We like to write people off as soon as they've wronged us or done something that we don't like. But God can work through anyone. We can't put boundaries or, or limitations or conditions on how and when and where God will appear. God is going to appear. We like to believe well, God can work through this person because this person looks like me, and this person believes the right way, like me, right? No? You don't think that? Okay, thanks, Chuck. And then God it can't work through this person because they're a sinner, or they're not a Christian, so God can't work in their heart, or they live that kind of lifestyle, so God's not there. But in thinking these things, we're constantly underestimating the people and we're underestimating God's power to work through each and every person. In the last hundred years, the church has done this over and over and over again. African Americans, women, and now the LGBTQ community. We have put boundaries 
on God and when and where and through whom God's grace can work. But then, here at Brexel United Methodist Church, nine years ago, we decided to make a commitment to the ministry of reconciliation. Rather than building up all of these boundaries and these boxes to contain God, to make sure that God stays in God's place, because that's going to work, we are committed to breaking the boundaries down, to reconciling ourselves, making ourselves whole with God and as God's beloved community with one another. We embrace diversity as a gift. We affirm that all people, even if and no matter what, are created in the image of God and are worthy of God's grace and love. And we believe and embrace that God can and does work through each and every person. As the world becomes more and more divided, have you watched the news <laughs> recently? This work of reconciliation becomes more and more imperative. That's what Jesus came to do. That is the work that we are called to do in the world. Last year, Matt and Max Gabor, they shared their story with us in a video. And it was one of those moments as a pastor where I was watching it and I thought to myself, I was like, this, all of the things, this is what it's about. And so I want to take a look at that video again. Let's take a look. Actually, Matt found the, found the church first. We were church shopping, I like to call it. Um, and we looked around and we were, you know, kind of feeling out where we would fit in because we, had, we were on a spiritual journey, especially once the pandemic started. And we were looking for a place to call home and find like a community. And when Matt found actually Pastor Heidi's Facebook Lives, I think first, and got some of her wisdom and stories and it made us laugh and it made the church kind of human for us through the online and then we decided to come for a service so we came for a sunday outside service at 8 30 and i remember going oh god we haven't been to church in so long and it's 8 30 in the morning but we wanted to do outside so we would we would get here and Everybody was warm and welcoming. They asked us what our name was, invited us for communion, like, and the community just open arms, like, welcomed us. And then that was in like May. And then in June, we really decided that we would become members. We were really exploring that. We had been coming a lot. And then the doors went outside uh, for Pride Month. And we, just felt like we were at home. We were connected to... It was like a sign for us. Yeah. Like, we had never seen him before, and we live in the area, so when we drove by and saw them, I was like, oh. And it has the words, God's doors are open to all, and not everybody makes you feel that way. It's not a sentiment that you pick up on 
in most churches, to be honest. That's why we give, and that's why we give our time, and we offer to do extra. Like we grew up in different churches as chill as kids, and it sometimes felt like the financial was shameful, and like you weren't allowed to ask what the church did with that money or how they used it or what it went towards, and. Here it's very transparent. It's very open. We have dialogue about it. Like, this is what we're working towards doing. This is what that goes for. Um, this is what you could donate your time to. And I, I fell in love with that because it didn't feel forced. I think the biggest thing with BMC is you can really feel the difference. You can see the impact that it's making on the community with all the different programs um, that are offered here and more than just uh, giving of your uh, ties of monetary gifts that you're able to give of your time and of your talents and really be able to see the impact that you're able to make on the community. Um, and that's just not something that you are able to pick up on or see in many churches. You know, you it, in a lot of churches you give of your money, but like Max said, you don't always know what that's going to. But beyond just the monetary donations, you can really make an impact with your offerings of your time um, and your talents. And um, it really just, it, it, it lets you know that you're home because you're making an impact on more than just yourself. I am so grateful that God led Matt to one of my goofy Facebook check-ins where I just ramble for like, I don't know, five minutes at each week. And I'm grateful that they felt truly welcome here and that they've made BUMC their home. They now lead a podcast class with another couple, the Krolkowskis, and they had their, their daughter, Maggie, baptized this past August, and which was probably one of the most adorable baptisms in the whole world, because I put the, the water on her head, and she went, <laughs> and it was so cute. And then I, I called Matt to ask him, and he immediately and emphatically said yes to, to serving on our leadership board beginning in January. We, Brexville United Methodist Church, would be so much poorer without their gifts. And I think about when I got here four years ago, and Carly Kubek, who is in high school at the time, she led an intergenerational Sunday school class. And I know so many people enjoyed her insight into life and scripture and helped, and it helped to break down their assumptions that you, you had to be a certain age in order for God's grace to work through you. Here was this high school student learning and teaching with people who were three times her age. And I think about the people who teach at Vacation Bible School during, or, or during Sprouts that are, that are happening right now each Sunday, and how so often the teachers will share with me that the most meaningful lessons that they've ever learned come from those little ones, their students. And I think about how we have people here 
who are all across the, the, the political spectrum. People who call Brexel United Methodist Church their home. Because we recognize that, that God's grace works in the midst of these courageous conversations that we have with one another. Even and maybe especially with those people with whom we don't agree. Our mission of creating safe spaces to grow with God and with one another. It means that we are committed to being a community of grace in action. Not just sitting here and feeling good about ourselves and hanging out, but being in the world and sharing God's love. We are a sanctuary, both literally and figuratively, metaphorically, where we can come and we can, we can practice together putting God's grace in action, giving and receiving God's love. So then we can go out into the world and just love on it. Transforming the world one act of love at a time. That's what these commitments, these pledges, help with. I was telling the membership class, I don't really enjoy talking about money in church because I know there's all kinds of feelings around it. But it's not money for money's sake. It's money for ministry. It's money so that God can do God's work. It's money to help us plan so that we can see where God is working. And so today we have an opportunity to come forward and commit this to, to God and to Brexville United Methodist Church. And we, uh, we meaning myself, the leadership, the finance team, we, we count it as a big deal when somebody pledges to the church because there's lots of ways you can use your money. And so we appreciate it and we take it seriously. And we pray over it, knowing that this is a gift to God and praying for God's leadership in the way that we use it. And if you haven't filled out a prayer card, I don't want you to just do it real quick now, or a, a, a pledge card. I don't want you to do it just real quick now. But take some time, pray about it, think about it, and you can turn it in. The, team, the, the finance team is going to be in the back um, after the service. If you'd like to talk to them, you can contact me online. You can contact us, and we will get in touch with you. Um, so one, in one of the ways that I want to um, show my own commitment and my own thanks is that throughout, um, and we know that not everybody is going to bring one today, our goal is to get all of the pledge cards in by November 19th, it's a Sunday. And on the 19th, we are going to, anybody who turns in a pledge card, it's gonna be like a raffle. Even though we're not supposed to gamble as United Methodists, don't tell anyone, okay? But we're gonna pick out, and then whoever gets, a, gets their name picked, I'm going to make you a pie. Originally, I was gonna get pied by you, but then we, we discussed it and we changed it. So I'm gonna make you a pie. I'm actually good at making pies. Like my mom taught me how to make the crust and everything. Like I, I know how to do that. So it's not gonna be just, I don't know. It'll be more than edible, let's say that. <laughs> and you get to choose what kind of pie you want. 
but I will make you a pie because it's a big deal. And, and I want to say thanks in, in that simple, silly way. So with all of that, I would like to invite us into a time of prayer. And as we, we bring up our pledge cards and then we will pray over them and know that God um, is with us in that. So I invite Sean to play. Let us pray. Oh God, you have given us so much. And we are so very grateful for each and every gift. I am grateful for this community, this community here in this place today, and the community that spans the world. You have united us with your love. And so you work through each and every one of us and then each and every commitment that was given today and will be given in the weeks to come. God, these are promises to you. And so we pray that you will do with them what you will. Spend them the way you will so that we might live your love, your unending grace together. May you turn these pledge cards into homes and healing, reconciliation and celebration, bridges and salvation for a whole new world with you. Make us like you, O oh God, people who keep their promises and put them into action. In the name of the Father, 
and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I do want to invite the choir to come forward, and as they do so, um, I want to invite those who are online to share um, any prayers that you might have, either at prayer at brexelumc.com, or in the comments section on Facebook, or with our text number. And let us prepare our hearts with this song.
That was very fun. Thank you, choir. We have quite a few prayers that have come in. Melanie asked for prayers of strength and comfort for her mother, uh, Patricia, whose chemo treatments are hard on her. And prayers for those with mental and physical illnesses. And Taylor asked for prayers for Dawn as she recovers from a fall that fractured her ribs um, as well as other injuries. And Marla asked for prayers for her friend Brandy's dad, Rich, who's been in the hospital for a week with an infection, as well as prayers for the family of Aubrey, who is a 12-year-old who stopped breathing in the night last Sunday and is now brain dead. And prayers for the men's Emmaus walk that is happening this weekend. And Shelly asked for prayers for Bridget, who is healing from seizures, and for prayers for Michael and Kathy on Michael's cancer, and prayers for Barbara on for her heart. And Kathy is says prayers of, of gratefulness for this community of faith. And Sue and Jeff asked for prayers for Rosie, who needs a third surgery for breast cancer. And I'd like to ask for prayers for Tara, my friend Tara, who is on hospice with cancer. With that, let us go to our Lord in prayer. Holy and beloved God, we are grateful that you have given us your eyes, enabling us to see the world as you see it. You have given us your heart that beats within us, enabling us to feel the compassion you feel for each and every person. And God, you have given us your spirit of courage, equipping us to go and do likewise. Oh God, we know that there are people around us each and every day that are in desperate need of your mercy and your love. In their moments of brokenness, oh God, only you know what will bring them true wholeness. And so now we pause, lifting up those people, those situations, these that we have lifted in voice as well as those that lay heavy on our hearts. God, help us not to be too busy or too frightened to extend a hand and help someone in need. Help us to see where our gifts match the need in a person. Give us the wisdom to know what to do, as well as the courage and the will to go and do likewise. We pray these things in the beautiful name of Jesus who taught us to pray with these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The last thing we do each Sunday is to remind ourselves that church does not end here, but it goes with us as we go into the world to transform the world with God's love. And so there are a few ways that you can do that within Brexel UMC and without. One is the newsletter production party that is on this coming Thursday. And this might seem like a simple little thing, but if you're available at 10 o'clock on Thursday morning, we could use all the hands that we can get so that we can prepare the newsletter and get it out so that we all know how we can plan for, because Christmas is coming. Did we know this? You didn't know this. Well, it is. It's coming and there's lots of stuff in the newsletter coming out to let us know and plan for Christmas. And then also I want to invite you to come on Halloween at about 9.30 in the morning. Um, we will ha they will do a parade of all of the little kids that go to the Horizons Preschool that's downstairs here in our, our church building. They will do a parade around Fellowship Hall and we, we dress up and we give them candy. And so if you would like to do that, just show up. You can dress up in costumes or you can just dress up as yourself. That is fine. And just hand them some candy and they're, they're three-year-olds dressed up in costume. Like, they're adorable. So just come and see them. And then on the 5th, Sunday, the 5th of um, November is All Saints Sunday. And so that's a special Sunday in our church year where we um, will gather together and we will read off the names of those people who have passed away this past year. So if you have someone in your life who you would like us to read their name, then you can contact the church office and let us know. We light a candle and we read their name and we'll also invite you to bring their picture and to pl place it up here. Whether they passed away this year or many years ago, you can pr place loved ones' pictures here just to remember all of the saints that have gone before us. And then also on that Sunday, we will have our United Women in Faith bake sale. And so you can um, purchase items for a donation to um, all of the missions that the United Women in Faith work towards each year. And then also, we are beginning a new worship series next week um, called Dynamite Prayer. And actually, the study started today, but this is not one of those things where you have to like start on time. You can start whenever you get the book, and it's a, a devotional each day. And it's an invitation to expand our minds through prayer and to imagine all of the wonderful things that God can do in us and through us. And so we will um, begin that series next week and you're invited to go online and you can um, purchase a book. We have, I think, one book <laughs> here in person because um, the post office didn't wanna give us them yesterday and so they didn't. Uh, so they'll be here this week. And so you can purchase one next Sunday or you can go online and purchase one. And then we will also have a gathering together, um, a dynamite prayer potluck, if you will. It's gonna be a bona fide Methodist potluck on 
the day that I don't remember off the top of my head. It's sometime in November. You'll hear about it next week because I don't remember the details. So with that, let us, let us receive the benediction and go and do God's good work. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen. Let us stand and sing together.
for joining us. Have a wonderful week.